I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. You're listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast with Inca Larissa and Jennifer Rose. Hello, all our listeners. I'm very excited about today's episode and all these goodie whiskies that we are trying today. Some special sips in there. Delicious. But before we chat about unique casks, let's catch up on the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. First up is Lag Distillery that we've spoken about before. Oh, excuse me, I've got a little bit of a cold hazards of this time of year. But back to news at Lag. So on the Isle of Arran, and it has been awarded Distillery of the Year and Excellence in Branding at the prestigious Scottish Whiskey Awards this year, 2023. Loch Ranza Distillery, their sister distillery, also picked up the Gold Award in Best Under 12 Non-Peated for the Aran Single Malt 10-Year-Old. How amazing is that? Congratulations to the Isle of Aran and all the juicy whiskey that it's producing. I forgot that it's called Locranza Distillery. I always just call it Aaron Distillery. Yay, but, aha, having that different name because you don't hear Locranza much yeah. in the names or anything, do you? No. You know, I'm actually going to be staying in Aaron um, for three weeks next summer. So I will be teaming up with Lag and Locranza for some whiskey fun. Fantastic. Oh, you'll have a magical time. I know. Um, it's so far away, but I'm already excited. <laughs> yeah, no wonder. Because remember when we had Mariella on and they call it Scotland in miniature, it's just got everything going on. It's yeah. just such a stunning place. No, I love it there. It's good for hiking as well. Yeah. So Kentucky Bourbon brand Four Roses has invested £400,000 in its first advertising campaign in the UK. Did you see this one? No. Oh, it's quite a cool campaign. I quite like it. So the campaign initially focused on the country's two bourbon selling hotspots, London and Manchester, with additional national work planned for early 2024. And the campaign kicked off with a review of seven meter spray painted wall in Shoreditch in London, which was vandalized, supposedly. Which actually, at first, I thought it was vandalized, but it wasn't. So it was vandalized to hide the Four Roses brand name. So they basically have this guy who then like puts black paint over Four Roses, and then no it says way. like, you know, like it's like a secret. Don't talk about it because when I keep it secret, because it's so good, so that people don't want to share. Oh, that's quite cool. And kind of giving it a edgy Banksy esque. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Four Roses deal. as well is cute looking bottle with all the roses and stuff. So it's quite cool. For sure. So, yeah, That's the, interesting that Manchester is a bourbon hotspot. Yeah. I wonder why. It's been years since I've been there. I've never been. Yeah. So the advertising push aims to spark a sense of discovery and research from the Spirits Cartel found that the younger bourbon drinkers were seeking hidden gems in, in the category. So they kind of, that's the whole thing, so covering the name. So it's like a hidden keep it hidden yeah keep it for those of you know you know kind of vibe that's quite cool I like it and you're right the branding is kind of funky and it's like old school tattoo vibes I know I actually now want to try some 
<laughs> it's, it's working. working. <laughs> yeah. Spirits retailer, the Whiskey Exchange, has chosen Loch Lomond 18-year-old as its Whiskey of the Year for 2024. The single malt fended off competition from a shortlist of the Glenglasses Sandend, which was runner-up. Glenallachy 15-year-old, third place. Jura 18-year-old. Balblair, 15-year-old, and Aaron Sherry Castle. Big, huge, heavy hitters and some amazing drams in there. Bottles nominated for the tasting had to be under £90. That's in US dollars, 114 and available for purchase commercially. Whew, that is an ultra groin slap for Loch Lomond, I would say. Yeah, I do like the 18-year-old. It's good. Yeah. Easy sipping. Actually, all these sounds are good. I'm quite interested in trying Jura. I haven't really been, you know, maybe the younger ones, but the 18-year-old, if it's on the list, maybe it's worth trying. Yeah, I wasn't so sure about Jura for years, but I absolutely have a total love affair with it now. And it's a dram I sip when I see my friend's father when I go back to Mull. And I just have that association of good chats and laugh and amazing time with him. So every time I drink it now, I kind of have those memories. So I just love it. Love a cheeky Jura. Whiskey Sisters! By playing around with different cask types and sizes, the master blender can create layers of flavors. So they can use a range of the same cask, for example, different fills of ex-bourbon, or mix and match a variety of cask types from bourbon to rum. But now there's been like huge boom of secondary maturation using funkier cask types like mezcal, champagne, amarone, tequila, and so on. It's felt quite unstoppable, hasn't it? Like, whoa, what next? I know. I could, I do like the idea. So how far can the industry actually push it? Um, the Scotch Whiskey Association offers specific guidance on which cask can be used to mature scotch whiskey so they say the spirit must be matured in new oak casks or in oak casks which have only been used to mature wine still or fortified or beer or spirits with the exception of wine beer ale or spirits produced from or made with stone fruits Beer or ale to which fruit flavoring or sweetening has been added after fermentation or spirits which fruit flavoring or sweetening has been added after distillation. And where such previous maturation is part of the traditional process for those wines, beers or spirits, regardless of the type of the cask used, the resulting product must have the traditional color, taste and aroma characteristics of Scotch whiskey. So basically... You can age whiskey in cask previously held other spirits as long as the cask maturation is part of the traditional production for those spirits. So, for example, gin or cider you can't use because you don't have to age gin, you know? I, I don't know if I fancy the thought of gin and cider finishes. That that doesn't sound, that doesn't even feel right to imagine. Yeah, of course there's like aged gins now, but it's not like the traditional way of doing gin so but yeah i know like all those botanical flavors have you tried any mezcal cask finished whiskey um i have not i always kind of wanted to i've tried some, some of the tequila but i haven't tried mezcal but i love mezcal 
I was going to say that surprises me because you're a fiend for mezcal, aren't you? Yes, I know. I saw the the Rock Island one that they did, I think it was last year. I was trying to try that, but I couldn't get um, couldn't get any bottles. But like this mezcal, when it's, you know, the smokiness, because I like all the smoky stuff. So I think it could be nice. Mezcal casks are made from American white oak, and these have been previously used for bourbon production. Funnily enough, aging is not considered an important part of mezcal production, as many producers believe that maturation will take away from the terroir found in mezcal. Therefore, it might not be the easiest cask to find for wider Scotch production. Colhoman Distillery has released several whiskies with secondary maturation in ex-mezcal casks, with finishes varying from um, six to 14 months. Dewar's illegal smooth whiskey was finished in illegal mezcal casks and there was Rock Island that you've just mentioned there. Mezcal cask edition which is a blend of island whiskies with a 12-month finish in mezcal casks. Basically mezcal casks usually adds notes of earthy wood smoke, green pepper, that kind of vegetables and zestiness as well and Many say that they would be good whiskies for highballs. There's mm. all that kind of green notes. It makes mezcal now makes me think of Rob Dietrich Metallica's Master Blender because he was super, or maybe still yeah. is, but interested in mezcal, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Definitely need to see if he comes up with something. Some yeah, point. yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think there actually is more Scotch whiskies finished in mezcal casks than tequila ones. Although there has been more tequila coming out recently, but I think overall, and that's probably due to the smoky profile of mezcal, tequila must be aged in oak, although there are no rules about whether it should be new or used or charred oak. Mm -hmm. Like with mezcal, most use American white oak that's previously been used for bourbon or Tennessee whiskey. And these will bring out notes of vanilla, caramel, butterscotch and gentle spice, as we know from the bourbon. There's also been some movements in tequila category towards using alternative casks such as sherry, red wine and even scotch whiskey casks. So it's like a circle that goes, you know, we'll take your cask, you take ours. Quite fun. It's a never-ending story, just like where will it end back and forth and forth and back? Whoa. Yeah. And there's been Sivas Recall Extra released a 13-year-old blended Scotch whiskey, which was finished in tequila. Although there was a catch that after the 13 years, only a portion of the whiskey was finished in the tequila casks before being blended together with non-finished portions. So it's not really like a, a strong influence, I don't think. Hmm. Kind of diluted down. Yeah. And then I probably the most recent one is the Smokehead Terminado. And the, obviously the Glasgow Distillery 1770, which we will be trying soon. Nice. And yeah, so overall tequila casks would add pineapple, cooked agave, some caramel, vanilla, herbal and bell pepper notes. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when a champagne producer buys a new cask, the first step is to season it to eliminate excess tannins. And after seasoning, the casks are sterilized by burning a sulfur candle in the cask. 
Some champagne houses prefer to do the full fermentation in the barrel. Others use the wood for aging only. Needless to say, all this will have an impact on the flavours coming from the cask when it comes to maturing the whiskey in it. We have mentioned on this podcast for those regular listeners many times Arden Merkin's Paul Noir 2021 release. And it was oh so divine mm. with just delicious notes of sponge cake, summer fruits, cocktail cherries, baking spices, and way, way more. We missed, much to our, you know, extreme distress, the 2022 (laughs) release. (laughs) I know, we've been searching. And we went to the Glasgow Whiskey Festival recently, as many of you know, and we got a sip of the 2023 uh, release Oh, it was so juicy. I wish I had more time to spend on it. (laughs) That's the thing, because often at whiskey festivals, you're kind of excited. There's lots of sensory stimulation all around you. You're chit-chatting the noise. So there's no way I take any notes. I just sip and enjoy. Yeah. Okay, so the whisking tasting notes, fresh croissants, Summer fruits, nougat or nugget as I would pronounce it, <laughs> white grapes and okay, okay. All right. And then is Satinus, which is also one of the whiskies that I will be sampling today. Satinus is a sweet wine from Satin region. I don't speak Spanish, uh, Spanish, French, so I can't, <laughs> can't pronounce this, which this is a sub region of Bordeaux. The grape variety, varieties include Semillon. Sauvignon Blanc and Muscadel. The wine is aged in oak for on average less than two years, although some winemakers extend the maturation for up to 36 months. And there are quite a few whiskies finished in Sutton Egg Husks. There's Aaron, mental 18-year-old, which is full of sugared almonds, peaches, nectarines and brown sugar. Glenn mm-hmm. uh, she had a nectar door satinous cask which comes with notes of baked stone fruits wildflower honey baklava and candied almonds oh baklava that's a good shout as a tasting note yeah that is good one actually and i think some glen allergies actually have a little baklava yeah that juicy sweet kind of density to them yeah and also it's quite um oily nutty and oily Yeah. yeah yeah So anyway, I'm so excited to share my notes for for the the satinist that I'm trying later because it's so good. Amazing. I wish you were also trying the one that I'm going to be trying because my tasting notes are a bit, because I've got a bit of a cold. Okay, and next up, Tokai. Is that how you would pronounce it? Tokai? Yeah, I think I'd say Tokai. Yeah. Tokai is a sweet wine made from white grapes. It is produced in the north of Hungary and the southern parts of Slovakia. And the name is legally protected and only certain wines from the Tokai wine region can be officially called Tokai or Toke. The wine can be fermented and or aged in traditional 136 litre gonk and 220 litre Sverdenier oak barrels which can be made using two types of European oak, Quercus rubber and Quercus patria. (laughs) (laughs) The latter being more common, if you can discern what I was even talking about with my pronunciation. 
Do you want to correct any of that, Inca? No, this is <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Glenn Morangy, tail of cake, is finished in Tokai casks to add those sweet cake notes such as marmalade, honey and stone fruits. One of the recent releases is the Glasgow Distillery 1770 Tokai cask finish at 53% ABV. The nose on this one is full of orchard fruits, sugary sweetness and floral aromas. On the palate, you can find tin peaches um, and it's sweet, fruity and spiced. They also had Piti Tokai at the Glasgow Festival recently and we were pouring it, weren't we? Um, mm. And that was sweeter, lighter Piti Dram, even though it's peated at 50 ppm. Yeah, and that it was, was gonna, really surprising. Mm, yeah. It was going down really well. People were loving it, weren't they? Yeah. I was sometimes saying this is a Hungarian wine cask finish because I wasn't fully confident with my Tokai pronunciation. <laughs> So Bonahaven, their festival release in 2022, the 2004 Moine, that's a Gaelic word that I'm saying badly, Tokai, that's a peated expression finished in sweet Hungarian Tokai casks. And it has notes of smoky vanilla pods, poached pears and mm, creme brulee. Yeah, it's a good, good cask for whiskey finishing for sure. I read a nice blog by Neil Murphy, who we also met at the Glasgow Whiskey Festival, him and his lovely dad. And he was talking about kind of uh, Bona's really tricky Gaelic names to pronounce, but just how it was like super nice holding on to that tradition. And like, I like a it. lovely blog if you want to check it out. Sorry, Inca, not to compete oh, no. with On the Sauce again, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Competitor, competitor. Yeah. <laughs> There's no competitors in the whiskey world. We're all buddies, right? Yeah. Big hugs. So do you have actually do you have any favorite finishes, like funky casks that you like? Because I know you're big on the sherry stuff, but do you is there any special wine cask maybe or anything funky? I tried a Glen Mori Barolo cask finish and that was delicious. Mm. And I think I mentioned on the Italian episode about that because I was a bit like underwhelmed by their Barolo cask finish so at first I thought oh maybe I would love all of those cask finishes but that just kind of highlighted to me how different it can be depending on so many factors but I do tend to be drawn to more kind of like like port you know of some variety finish or maybe kind of some red wine finishes that tends to be what I would naturally be drawn to yeah, the Bordeaux was nice. Like peated always with Bordeaux work. So that's obviously the cask from Rasi. But yeah. also that the one we tried at Clint Scotia, that was Bordeaux as well. Oh, yes, it was. That was really nice. But yeah, always all the tequila and mezcal does interest me. So if I can try something, you know, try to do that. And yeah, the satinus is so nice. I don't know. I guess it, it really does depend, doesn't it? There yeah. is also the Calvados ones, which is the French apple brandy that is made in Normandy region. But this, like, I find this a bit confusing because obviously you're not supposed to use fruit. Spirit. Ah, fruits. Ah, yeah, because this it means that the fruit, because obviously Calvados is made from apples, so the fruit's not added afterwards. The whole spirit's made from it. Yes. Yeah, so 
basically it's made in Norman- Normandy region. Cider fruits are smaller than eating apples and they are rich in tannins. The apples used for the production are classified into four categories. Sweet, sharp, bitter sweet and bitter sharp. And it is the blend of these that gives the cider its unique character. And the cider is distilled several times before maturation. And Calvados is aged in very dark and old oak barrels, although some producers age the spirit first in new oak barrels for around three months to add those vanilla notes and tannins. And after that, they will go to older barrels. Some are even 100 years old, very old. So some of the recent Calvados finished whiskies include Bonahaven Fate. Face Ile 2022 released another one. And this one was... Uh, 1998 Calvados cask and the two-year secondary maturation added apple notes like apple pie, green apples, toffee apples, all sorts of apples. And then obviously the Glenfiddich Orchard experiment, which was made in Somerset Pomona spirit cask. And Pomona is English apple brandy, so it's not actually Calvados, but it's close enough. You know, the thing is, I'm not a massive fan of those Calvados things because I don't really like whiskies with too much apple in it. Oh, do you know that's mm. no, it doesn't draw you in. No, like if there's too much orchard fruits, whether it's, you know, pears or I don't mind peaches, but like pears and apples, too much pears and apples, it's not really my thing. Yeah. So, anyway, that's kind of just a quick overview of some of the funky cask finishes and kind of, I think I personally always find it interesting to learn about the original cask and the original spirit to then understand what it adds to the whiskey or what yeah. it can add to the whiskey. So that's why it's nice to visit like the Sherry region or, you know, we should maybe think about going to Porto or somewhere just to kind of visit those places. And get the lowdown. See, I feel kind of spoiled because you're super knowledgeable about all, like so many other alcoholic beverages. So I'm just like, Inkel, no, I'll ask her. Ah. <laughs> Dram on fire. A limited release from the Glasgow distillery, this unpeated single malt was distilled in October 2018 and filled into eight bourbon casks for initial maturation. At the start of 2021, the whiskey was transferred to an ex-tequila cask where it remained until bottling in June 2020 at 55% ABV. They're not shy on their strains, Glasgow distillery, are they? No, but I quite like that because it really yeah. amplifies the flavors. For sure. So color was basically yellow. So pale. Mine is super oh, duper is it pale. pale. Maybe it's paler. Honestly, I really struggle when I'm trying whiskeys and in the evenings we just got such a bad lighting. Everything looks a bit darker. <laughs> it's like straw. Oh, I thought it was more yellow, but yeah, it's actually on your glass. It does look a bit kind of look at that light. Gold, maybe then? Straw? straw. Yeah. So nose, I was getting Granny Smith apples. Oh, nice. You know, the green ones that are a bit more soury. And crunchy. Yeah. They were my dad's favorite apples. Oh, were they? Yeah. Do you think there was an actual Granny Smith? Do you think that was a woman? <laughs> yeah. What well, name? Named the, the apple Yay. varieties named after Granny. <laughs> <laughs> I would like something named after me. The Granny Jen. Oh, you know, there's like a, say a comet or something that is named Kukamaki. 
Whistler. Yeah. Oh, you're such a star, honey. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry, back to the nose. Focus, Inca, focus. I'm I distracting know. you. Granny Smith's spiced honey syrup, like, you know, that you make for cocktails. Yeah. Mango and juicy peach syrup. Oh, very nice. Mine, my, I'm not too upset by my own nosing notes with my blocked sinuses because they're not too far off yours. I got kind of like strong white grapes as if they were crushed, some peaches, vanilla custardy aromas. It felt really fresh and clean on the nose somehow. And I got like, I've put agave syrup and I know like tequila makes me think of that, but I I do have some of that just now. Although it was a poor second option, I made some French toast recently and I really wanted maple syrup for it, but I didn't have any, but I used agave syrup, which is nice, but it didn't like go on my French toast. But anyway. No, I don't think, yeah. Also, agave syrup is really sweet. I yeah. used it just for cocktails a little bit or some Asian food. It wasn't a shout on the French toast. I wouldn't recommend that. But I got it on the nose for this. Okay. And the palate, I was getting, again, some apples. You know, like kids' food, like that mushy fruit little jars that they do. Like baby food. Yeah, baby food. Did you do the baby food diet when it came out? Is that how you know? No, but I used to love those. I would eat them <laughs> instead of yogurt. I would eat the mushy baby food, like the fruit ones. The wheat puree apples. Yeah, I eat them all the time. It's quite, yeah. <laughs> all the way till like when I was at uni. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So yeah, they had the mushy pear. So I was getting that and also like pear juice, supermarket pear juice. Loads of white pepper, some kiwi ginger spice pineapple there was some caramel sweetness in there as well and that was kind of like bourbon character um Mm, yeah those kind of sweeter spicy oak notes you know what i mean yes yeah so that's what i was getting like quite a fruity yet spicy with a little bit of sweetness yeah yeah i got very kind of citrusy fruits on the palate maybe a little bit peppery sweetness I was thinking maybe like honeyed sugar puff cereal and uh, but I like what you're where you were going with like kiwi fruits and stuff I can really get a sense of that listening to your notes I found the finish fairly lingering as if it was just kind of going on and on yeah I think you really I got quite a lot of the tequila on the finish first time I tried it before I bought the bottle, I was thinking, oh, it does taste quite a lot like tequila. That It might yeah. not work for people who don't like tequila, might not yeah. be too into this because you do get those tequila notes. Um, but I found that, yes, yeah, a lot of tequila on the finish, but also it felt quite creamy, like buttery on the palate, on the yeah. finish. See, I just, I don't dislike tequila, but I don't know much about it. And I just associate like drinking it quickly, eating like Mexican food and doing that whole like salt and lemon yeah. thing or light like, thing. Yeah. And probably having bad tequila like mixed or that it's not even 100% blue agave. Yeah. And it's all kind of crap. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my tequila experience. So I'm struggling to tell, are you loving this, but your finished demeanor is hiding it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. That's why I bought the bottle because I tried it first and I really liked the tequila notes. So that's why I bought the bottle so I can spend more time with it. So I do enjoy it. It's not like it's kind of surprising for me because it's not my typical dram. Um, Yeah. 
but I do enjoy it. And I quite like the kind of fresh flavor profile. And I could see this being a very good, more like a spring or summertime drink. Yeah. But no, I keep, I will keep testing it and see because I feel like sometimes your tasting experiences changes throughout. So, but yeah, sure. no, I like it. I am like, I am not blown away by it, but I did enjoy trying it. If that doesn't sound too contradictory, yeah. um, like I wouldn't be like, I probably wouldn't order at a whiskey bar, but I think it's got like loads to offer, super fresh, loads going on. And even though I'm not a massive tequila fan, yeah, I've enjoyed sipping it. Yeah, it feels kind of vibrant, I think. Like it's spicy, but it goes really nicely with the the fruit flavors but yeah, that's a good description actually i was trying to get us the new deanston tequila cask but i couldn't okay. for the life of me get a bottle in time so that's why we have separate bottles for the next one so i have the glasgow 1770 satinus peated which i remember we tried in bon accord that time and just loved yeah. it so much and then because we were raving about it so much the distillery actually gifted us these bottles so that was very nice that was one of those lovely evenings that well we don't have bad experiences out drinking whiskey because even if you don't like it you still have fun right but that night you ordered that i ordered the dram that i'm going to be sampling in a bit and we just felt we'd struck ordering gold didn't we yeah i know like, oh so good so good yeah, and I've been saving this bottle for ages. But now I just decided, ugh, I, most of my whiskey bottles at home are open. I don't really save bottles. I just like, if I yeah, fancy that, I want to, or if I buy something, I buy it because I want to drink it. For sure. Whip them open. So I'm going to tell you, this is petered to 50 ppm, matured in virgin oak casks before being transferred to French Satinus Barrique and bottled at 53.7%. ABV and it's very kind of dark coppery color, quite a contrast to the previous one. My nosing, my first notes, heaven exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like nosing, I was like, oh, I'm in a happy place again. This is just <laughs> so good, so good. And it's, I'm really sorry, anyone who's listening and now, like, if wants to get a bottle after these notes, you might not be able to because yeah, it's limited no. edition. But if you see it in the bar, just get a dram that's a good call heavenly nose salted caramel burnt toffee tar resin all sorts of sauna notes you know those kind of tarry resiny sauna notes that i get mm -hmm. there was popcorn beef jerky dried reindeer meat <laughs> <laughs> i've um, actually tried that and it was like i know i know exactly what you mean by that yeah it's Fun. quite a uh, rich flavor yes uh, yeah red currant and cranberry jello jelly and that's what i was getting very nice wintry notes there although feeling slightly guilty that near um for those christian celebrators of the christmas time that we're talking about eating santa's reindeers that's kind of mean yeah but you know in finland you eat reindeer for sure time, so <laughs> yeah so tough <laughs> palette i was getting like asphalt you know like uh that smell of new asphalt or when it's been raining and the asphalt smell comes more yeah. tar burnt rubber burnt caramel sauce salty dried meat um haggis and black pepper crisps 
Oh, wow. That's an excellent note. Yeah, so good. And charcoal. And then on the finish, it was more mineral with kind of slight hint of fishy water, salty, fishy water. Well, for those peat freaks out there, that will be ringing a lot of bells, won't it? Yeah, and I think you do kind of get that classic 1770 peat peated release through there. Like there's some similarities in a way, Mm -hmm. but this one has just a bit more, I don't know, just those little sweet burnt caramel notes and those sweeter notes and the saltiness. Maybe there's the mineral. I don't know. But oh, it's just so good. Like, honestly, I just love this jam. How long will the bottle last? (gasps) Probably not very long because it's also like one of the smaller bottles. It's only um, 50 centiliters. So it might just go down. Yeah, now that it's open. (laughs) Actually, actually, what I was going to say quickly before you go and do your notes. Yeah, yeah. That if... Any lucky listener within the EU wants to try these two whiskies. I am because I love it so much. I'm willing to send samples to one person. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever messages us first to say, Inca, I'm based in EU. Can you please, please, please send me the samples of Satinus and tequila from 1770, then I will do it. Oh, how is that? What a kind-hearted soul. It is a time for giving indeed. Yes. Love it. Sharing is caring. This is too good for just keep it to myself. So that's lovely. That's super nice. I'm just having a quick look on the what's available on the Glasgow website. Do they still have a red wine and pork cask finish or is that sold out as well they do have the the red wine one was only available from the shopping center but they do have the golden beer finish that's available on the website and also i think maybe in master malt yeah and they have cognac cask finish yeah, because I thought I wondered because I know that this year they did a red wine and ruby port finish but it must have been limited edition. I don't see it on here now. No, but the the Peter Tokai is still available. So I would think about ordering that if you like Pete. For sure. Next up is the Ruby Port Cask Finish, which comes in at 56.2% ABV. And as we were saying earlier, we both just chose super well because this was just so up my street couldn't get a bottle and kindly gifted it the perks of being a whiskey sister thanks again Glasgow Distillery and sorry to sound smug but these things do happen and we're very grateful (gasps) do you know what I've noticed and I'm just noticing for the first time in the bottle Mm. I didn't notice along the bottom of the glass it says Glasgow oh does it yeah how cool is that Oh. oh look and it's like you can run your finger along it lovingly, sensuously, <laughs> and read Glasgow. Look at that. Look at you. This is, this is a whole sensory experience. I, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to offer to share a dram with the listeners. <laughs> At risk of being a mean whiskey bitch, I know whiskey's for sharing, but I ain't sharing any of this. This is so delicious. Yeah. So cradling it like a baby. This is going to be finished before it goes on Well, that's a good Christmas whiskey, I'm sure. Very good Christmas whiskey. Okay, so the colour of it is beautiful. It's 
a peachy copper color, rusty sunset in an Arizona sky. Now, I, yeah. I've never been to Arizona, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, now, I'm going to go back and nose this properly when I'm not congested, but even congested, it's giving a lot. R- juicy ripe peaches, so like made into fresh peach juice, Mm-mm. and maybe some like blackberry crumble, you know, so you've got the kind of uh, crispy brown sugar like topping bit and the 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 uh, soft dark fruits that are all like kind of almost caramelized around the mm-hmm. edge of a crumble. I was getting like a wee sense of that in the nose. And maybe still some of those blackberry notes on the palate, but you know, maybe with a sweeter pastry, those delicious sweet pastries with custard and maybe some like again um, what do you call them when fruits are kind of on those pastries? Are they just fruits that seem a wee bit caramelized? They just shove the fruits on. Yeah, I don't know. I think they do, or do they do like a sugary kind a of glaze or something? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what they do, but it was making me think <laughs> of that. So, and maybe kind of whipped cream creaminess mm. and a, a kind of mildly cinnamon spice, but not really cinnamony. But for me, it wasn't that kind of spicy spice or or peppery spice so that was the nearest description I could come up with I was finding it hard to describe today I find it gives me the warm embrace that like my favorite sherry bombs give me yeah and the color like this natural color just already has me like enchanted before I've even like had a sip so isn't it funny how it affects it is really nice color that one I can see totally so I feel like all warmed up and super whiskey excited has built and so I'm excitable when I'm drinking this so I'm going to go back and and get some more notes when I'm you know yeah feeling a bit better and less excited but let me just try excuse me a second Dinka oh it's bloody gorgeous I want to even say like like something herbal, but very mildly herbal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a dram that keeps on giving. It is a dram that keeps on giving. Winner, winner. I wonder if our listeners are like, oh, they're always talking about Glasgow Distillery because we just recently tried the cask strength once. But you know, what can you say? They're good at what they're doing. I don't know if they're a little bit underappreciated in well, the whiskey world. We did debate, didn't we, whether mm. we're like, oh, we featured too much Glasgow. And then we were just like, who cares? It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This episode is not sponsored by Glasgow Distillery and no money has been sent to the Whiskey Sisters for their continual chat about the distillery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just do really like it. And yeah, it's really nice to spend a bit of time on these delicious jams. But it makes sense that for this episode, we went back to that because they are very, um, what's the word? Um, it's not, prog- I wasn't going to say progressive. Can't think of the word. Um, I'm happy yeah. to be brain freeze. But they're, they're very sort of proactive and and progressive with their cask finishes aren't they They're yeah they try different things out. yeah exactly they always try different things and because they do the unpeated unpeated releases triple distilled and all that so there's always a lot of choice might yeah. not be many bottles in each release but it keeps it all fresh and fun and i'm still getting lovely warm glowiness on the finish of this jam just sort of you know 
Again, it feels like a bit of a hug in a glass, but not in a heavy way. I feel it would pair really nice with like you could have it with desserts and things. It's not like too sweet, but you could also sit and have a cheeky little wee nut. Oh, maybe like a wee salted cashew nut would be nice with it. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So have you heard about Valentine's and the old security guards? No. Um, But like old as in... You know how nowadays you're not meant to comment on people's appearance or age and shit like that. So are you saying that they're secure? They have elderly security guards. <laughs> well, I guess they would be elderly now, but I mean, what they used to have as security. <laughs> okay, okay. Cool. They passed. Probably they passed security guards would have been the better way of saying. It. <laughs> I was just imagining like super old security guards like folk <laughs> with like wee walking sticks and everything <laughs> with little bells yeah with a wee blanket on their knees <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so bad so anyway so when in the late 1950s uh, the then owner of Ballantine's Blended Scotch Hiram Walker built a new complex of maturation warehouses at Dumpark just east east of Dumbarton, security arrangements were a vital part of this new whiskey there. And the civil engineer in charge of the site happened to be also a keen bird watcher. Oh, yeah, he suggested that they would use keys for security. And no he- way. Keys have an excellent hearing and eyesight, and like humans, they can see ultraviolet light. No way. Yeah, and they're light sleepers and are noisily territorial, particularly when they have eggs or young to protect. So the Scotch Watch, as they became known, or the Scotch Guards, began with a six-strong squad, one candor and five female geese. Oh, this is so adorable. I love this whiskey fact. (laughs) And as time passed, the fame of the birds spread, and they were sought after by tourists, as well as being in demand for newspapers and magazine articles and television programs. And they were used in commercial spin-offs as well. And these keys were used on several occasions by Palantines for adverts and featured on a rock band's album cover as well. So cool. What rock band? I don't know which one it is. Um, we should have asked Tom Russell when we saw him. Yeah. What, they also known. had merchandise and two of the geese were flown to LA in 1963 as a guest of honor at the Park Turfs Club's annual ceremony for the Miss Goose Beauty Queen. <laughs> oh, geez, oh, that's insane. Oh, my God, my rock and roll life. Obviously, all good things must, do, must come to an end. And the last of the goosemen left at the end of 1990s. And he was then replaced by CCTV cameras. And that was the beginning of the end for the Scotch Watch. Oh, so by the end of 2011, there were only seven left because they actually one point there was like hundred of them. Oh wow! Yeah, they spread. There was hundred of them, and then they had little fox problems, so they went down to seventy. But then over the years, they went down again. So 2011, there was only seven of them. Happily, however, they didn't end their days as someone's Christmas dinner. Instead, the remainder of the flock was retired to Glasgow Green and to the care of Glasgow Humane Society. I don't know if they would still be there. Maybe. So if you ever are Glasgow Green, see if you can find any geese. Yes, I'm quite near there, so I will keep my eyes open for these geese. But I love how you were quite compassionate there to the geese ending up on the Christmas table, but you're like, nah, reindeer, all the time. Get it on the plate. 
So there is a blog post on at, on the source again for working animals at distilleries and vineyards and stuff. So go and have a read because there's some good fun stuff from whiskey and distilleries and beyond. Sometimes I'm trying to do a bit of research for our episodes and I will Google stuff and I'll be like, oh, that looks interesting. It'll be like, I know, and there's also again post. I'm like, oh, Kinka knows it all anyway. I'll not bother. I'll just drink whiskey. Yeah, to show up. Exactly. I'll just show up. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Next week is the last week of Whiskey Sisters podcast. It's a final countdown. Da, 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 da. And it's our Christmas special. Listeners, don't be anxious. Don't be sad. Whiskey Sisters will still be around. So send us some messages if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, if you have any comments, if you've got any chat, let us know before we go. Yes, the festive gear is on. So we will talk about festive whiskies, sample quite a few of those, think about food pairings, some of our highlights throughout the the seasons and yeah do let us know what's your go-to christmas whiskey we will see if we can try or just anyway we can recommend i will be in the hot seat because i am developing at the moment a whiskey quiz a gen whiskey quiz for inca so will will it be a christmasy theme no oh okay Uh, There may be some Christmas nuances in it. Okay. Yeah, you just need to be psychologically flexible, brace yourself, and be in Jen's quiz hot seat. All right. So anyway, yeah, let us know if you have anything that you want to share with us or ask or whatnot. Now, you know, we always say follow us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast and people might say, why? Because you're like finishing up. Why should I follow you? Well, we'll still be alive. We'll still be about. We'll still be posting and up to Whiskey Mischief um, for sure. So follow us there and X at Whiskey Sisters and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Inka, will you be crying into your pillow as we approach the last recording? No, I will be dancing in my whiskey haze <laughs> not like you know like i'm happy that it's ending more like woohoo, yay we did it we'll like you know for sure achieve two years of whiskey two years worth of whiskey facts come on i'm like been researching these things <laughs> for sure i think i think Inka should release a book of her whiskey facts for oh sure. yeah for sure. I'm kind of relieved we're finishing up because I am super bored of the sound of my own voice. I am boring myself like, <laughs> oh my God, too much gen chat. I know, you're boring me as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only one more to go, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Anyway, see you next week for the festive vibes. See you for the last one, honey. May your glass be full and your tram on fire. <laughs>